was good with it. So I did a piece a couple months ago, maybe, about respecting wishes. And I spoke on um, the vision that someone had for their own uh, service when they were no longer here. And I was explaining how this person had certain wishes and because they were young, they did not tie all strings and close all loose ends in planning for when they were no longer here. And essentially what I was saying was a best friend of someone who is no longer with us went out of their way to put someone in a position to be uh, recognized in the fashion they had wished. But this, um, this person's family, of course, had last say and how things would go down. So there was a small little service, not to the person's liking, who was no longer with us. So once this smaller service went, we thought that was the end of it. But of course, when you go back and listen to that piece called Respecting Wishes, I told you there was a a guy who made sure the body got back to the U.S. because this person died in Canada. And I explained how a friend of his got money together, was able to pay to get his body from Canada to the U.S. And the family accepted the money for that and appeared to be on one accord with him or played along as if they were on one accord with him. And then when the body got to the U.S., see also they didn't have the money to do it themselves. They needed the money that this guy put together. Him and a couple other people. And of course the family from there didn't need his help. So technically they could run the show. They kind of shielded him off. And his stance was, what about my friend's wishes? And Basically, they did not want to adhere to those wishes. So, a small service went. That was that. Now, months later, um, a larger, bigger, more recognized service that anyone essentially and everyone who wanted to come honor that person was able to attend after the fact it was in Vegas it was publicly advertised because this individual was a influencer plus as I said before he lived the lifestyle of pimping 
see, pimping and hoeing. So, you know, naturally in, in that lifestyle, you do things in a larger-than-life grand fashion because it's about catching the eye and the promise of a glamorous lifestyle, potentially. It's an investment to live and look extravagant, you understand? So that was the true way the individual wanted to go out. And it was rectified, okay? The small service went by for, I assume, family members, essentially, and whoever they knew personally that knew him as the church guy he used to be. But as he became worldwide, essentially, there was not a service for that at first, but it was rectified. So I'm gonna say, Freeze is it. Not to be confused with Free Solo, different guy. He handled Sinful to P's service properly. It was in Vegas, it was big. Whoever wanted to contribute, contributed. Whoever wanted to show up, showed up. And it was beautiful. And it was a display of friendship, brotherhood. You know, how often do we have people who disrespect our hand at some point? Even though when we're all friendly and happy, with each other and things are running smooth, yeah, they seem like they're with you. But all it takes is a little adversity. You two to have some differences or grow in different fashion, and then boom, you're at each other. And then many times you stop dealing with each other. I know I got that plenty. But how often does somebody come through for you and sees it through to the point where when it's easy to be like, well, hey man, you know, he's gone. That's that. It didn't work out how I wanted it to work out. But, you know, he's gone. I'll just publicly praise his name and call it that. But how often does somebody go the extra mile and uses the extra resources to make sure that things went the way you want it. Alright, and see, this is where people being related to you and all that is cool, but you have to judge and base things on Something larger than that. Something more meaningful. That's meaningful, but it has to be bigger. It has to be someone or people who show up for you. And as I say, I can't totally say that guy's family wasn't nothing because that's false. And it would be false to paint it that way because, look, they live 
a churchy church lifestyle. What they look like having one of their relatives that they're having a service for and acknowledging him as the um, the pimp guy, you see? So I get that. You know, that's a contradiction of how they live, how he was taught within that family. So I get it. You know, they can't acknowledge that. And it probably was better that they had a small service with just people they knew and not bring in public people, people who were fans of this guy and no telling. It just turns into a circus. I get that. So I respect their position, actually, as far as that. But I do not like the fact that they cropped out the guy who he would have wanted to be involved with the planning. But I get it. I get it. And see, I thought initially that once that first service went by, um, our guy got frustrated or could have gotten frustrated and said, scrap it. I ain't tripping. You know? But when you think about it, in hindsight, now that it was carried out in larger fashion and the loose ends were tied, it was perfect. He had a smaller one, a private one for the fam. And then, boom, here's a larger one where a guy in his lifestyle took over and ran things. We like to call it the official service, you know? But when you look at it that way, and had it been worked out that way between the two, instead of someone or a group of them deciding, hey, we're just going to do what we do, and you did good enough by putting us in position to take hold of it, we got it from here. Instead of them doing it that way, I think he was more so upset that they shut off communication and didn't have him involved in the decision-making process in the end. But ultimately, when you look at it, in hindsight, it worked out perfect. They had the private service, and then boom, you had the memorial slash birthday celebration months later. So what better than that? You got the Chicago for the private. You got the Las Vegas for the grand. The one that's going to live on is public, essentially. So it worked perfectly. But you know, sometimes when you're in the middle of, at that point, litigation, <laughs> you can't come on one accord. You're on different pages with people you're trying to rationalize with. They don't truly understand understand or want to accept your stance the possibility that it would not work out with everyone winning is scary for people but had you said that okay it's going to be April and when April comes he had a small private and he had a, a large um, public so he's going to have two and one's private one's larger for his fans this that and other you would have thought hey that's perfect that's beautiful he would have thought probably hey that's perfect that's beautiful 
that way neither side had to compromise essentially because you had his relatives have the one that that's fitting for their lifestyle and they were able to accept that and hold their head high with that one and then you had the public one which is everything his lifestyle wanted it to be it worked out you know so you're going to have a panicky feeling a lot of times and of course that applies to anything in life really when you're going through it how many times you figured something wouldn't work out or you had a tie to someone or something and you had to get rid of it or you had to let it drop and it felt like a crushing event or circumstance you didn't know your next move after that because you never really internalized that you would be in that position and then how many times did it end up working out beautifully so much so that you would not have had the courage to let go of what you wanted and then a lot of it fell into place. Now, just as many times, it does not go that way, which is why there's fear. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work out initially, but because of where a situation places you, you end up in a territory and a stance and a mindset that you would not have ever gotten to. And then it helps you down the line. It builds you down the line. You're able to make a great or greater move later on, even if you do not see how they are connected. Because it's this simple. If you would have done anything different in life before something good happened after, for instance, when you were in seventh grade and someone you wanted to speak to and deal with and you thought, man, it would be great if I can have that person as a boyfriend, girlfriend. If it would have worked out when it didn't, you wouldn't be standing exactly where you are right now or you would not have crossed paths with whoever you did at the moment or the second that you did. In most cases, even if it's something as simple as going to a store and picking up a loaf of bread. Because why? If that person would have stopped and talked to you for 15 seconds longer, you may have missed that exact moment at the exact time where something great happened to you. Because everything affects everything. Now, maybe somewhere you go on a consistent basis. Every week you go to church. Every week you go to a certain restaurant you go to. Okay, maybe that would have worked out the same. But just one conversation that didn't happen would have held you up for longer. Or one conversation you skipped that you thought you wanted to have placed you somewhere else at the exact Second, Have you ever bumped into somebody or ran right into them? Like, wow, what a coincidence. But that happened because you stopped and you decided 
yeah, I'll get that coffee today. Or no, nah, I ain't going to get that coffee today. And then later on that day, you run into somebody. That little bit would have affected other things after, and you would not have landed right where you were. So in many cases, a lot of the good things you had would not have happened if whatever led up to it did not happen in the same fashion, take the exact same amount of time. Often it's that way. And that's how you got to look at it. Meaning play from where you play from where you are, not from where you want to be. Use the resources that you have. Play from where you are. That's my big thing. Do your planning from where you are. Not, oh man, if I would have, what I really want. You know what I wish? Man, I wish, don't do that. Play from where you are. Like, use that however many seconds to plan your next step from where you're standing. Not from where you want it to be, where you wish it were. If you were someone else, oh man, if I was so-and-so, Ah oh, man, imagine if, what are you doing? Imagine means it's not in your possession or it's not in actual reality yet. So all you really can work with practically is where you are. Now you could plan, assume, predict what could happen, but it has to be from a point that you are living from, like right here. Because wishing for circumstances, hoping and all that stuff, you can't really work that. It's a poor mindset to be in. You're relinquishing your existence in hope of someone or something else, which of course is not good on confidence. And you don't want to get in the habit of that. Because one of our major fears, even if we don't realize it, is not being in, in control. <clears throat> It's not as if when you ask people, what's your major fear? And most people say uh, not being in, in control. They won't say that. But go walk off a staircase and put your foot down and that step ain't there. That first initial, <gasps> that's fear. Why? You're not in control. You were cool until you noticed there wasn't a step there. You planned to put your foot down and a step to be there. You were in control. I'm going to step on this step. When the step wasn't there, you didn't realize it. Fear. That's how it is. You're at the wheel. You lose control of the car. Fear. It wasn't only or can only be described as fear of an accident, fear of being hurt. A fear that's also there is a loss of control. When you are in an environment where you don't know the people, you don't truly know where you're going, you don't understand the severity of the situation, you can't gauge because it feels a little different for you. Something about it is a little bit off. You are not in control of your environment. Fear. So in order for you to have confidence and be able to have the calm to sit, read, think, reflect, 
you want to make it a habit of doing things you plan to do and things you can control. That's confidence. It it teaches you, number one, to accept the responsibility of being in, in control. Because when you look at it, when a relationship goes wrong for people or they come up short on the journey of whatever endeavor, they want to relinquish responsibility and blame it on someone. So you want to be in the habit of taking control, taking initiative. You can delegate responsibility, but you are allowing someone to have responsibility in what you do. Yeah. Because despite how confident or overconfident some people act, truth is confidence fluctuates so greatly in a flash. I often use this example. You can see nine people standing in a row and the first seven will give you the world's greatest compliment. And all it takes is for the eighth one to deliver what you could perceive as a slight and you'll be like that will hold more weight oftentimes depending on how confident you are depending on self esteem that may hold more weight than the previous seven interactions and it will have you lose your presence for the ninth interaction ain't that something so you're likely to get a tepid reception because you're not really there. The room can sense that. That's called momentum in the wrong direction. Everything affects everything. But as far as friendship that's the best way I can picture it it's just someone that is trustworthy alright that's the greatest that is the greatest attribute I can think of. You see, there is, okay, I know what it is. There's a podcast where it's the Nori podcast, Drink Champs. They ask their guests a question a lot of times. They do this segment and they'll mention two people 
or two words and they want you to pick either or. And one of the two words they bring up, loyalty or respect. Now, ideally, in an ideal situation, obviously, it would, it would be both. But, but what I do know is that you can't expect loyalty, right? So I don't go for ideal. My answer is respect off the rip. Why? Because you have more control over whether or not you get it. Back to control. Loyalty, you hope for. You assume. But you can't impose yourself on the room. And make them have loyalty for you. But you can impose yourself on the room. And for the most part. You can make sure you got your respect up in this piece. And if not. You can count that. You can tax them for it. Okay. Oh yeah. You can keep your eye on that. You have more control over that. That's why I value. And go for and push for respect. I would value loyalty just as greatly if it were given. But you don't truly have control over that because what does someone do that you don't know about? You don't know. You may assume you have loyalty from most people and then you find out you don't. Most people who are disloyal up until that second you would have said, yeah, they're, they're loyal. It's often not until they're disloyal that you recognize, okay, you're disloyal. So loyalty can disguise itself. Disloyalty can disguise itself. But respect, you got control over that. And though someone may not like you, they may claim that they don't have respect for you, but when you're there in the presence of that person, they thought they didn't respect you, but they are going to actively respect you at this moment because no matter how you feel about someone, no matter how disrespectful you are when they're not around, hey, when the lights is on and they hit the go button, you will actively respect or you won't be able to hide it because in order for you to not actively respect, you have to disrespect, which means there's less chameleon to it. You have to reveal yourself. You see, so... Loyalty or respect, respect. But if you have someone who's loyal, it's big. Obviously, you reward that for as long as it's around or, or for as far as it goes. That's beautiful. But hey,
I'm gonna wrap up. I figure I had to add that to the first piece because I didn't want you to be in suspense or feel like it was a sad story, sad situation when it wasn't. It wrapped up beautifully, you know? So I had to put that bow on it. As Sinful the P would say, put some paint where it ain't and say what most can't. But even more so than that, be kind, be pleasant, and be great. Freeze this, freeze that.